When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Inside the Banjoverse, I am your host, Enda Skahal, coming to you from a very warm Galway city. I've got the window open here, there's a lovely breeze blowing in. I've just finished this interview with Maureen Fahey. She's just an incredible person, a brilliant fiddle player with an extraordinary career, and I know that you're going to enjoy this interview. Before I get started, a big shout out to all the patrons of the podcast, and if you would like to be a supporter, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash enda scahal banjo and you never know you might be inspired to pick up the banjo and the mandolin. Let's jump straight in to a wonderful conversation with the brilliant Maureen Fahey. Very famous fiddle player. Oh, River stop. Dance, Real Time, which I know uh, was yeah. a very successful band. Mm-hmm. Furry Village. That's right. Uh, am I missing anything? I have them all. At Temple House Cayley Band. I didn't know that one. Yeah, I was in Temple House Cayley Band for, oh, I don't know, about maybe five years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a brilliant Cayley Band, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. That was back in the. If I start talking about dates, 80s, 90s, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did all the Kayleys and stuff, yeah. yeah. Kieran and Paul and Mick Gaynor, Seamus Meehan, uh, Paul Roche, Kieran Hanron, and uh, Mary Corkin on the piano and myself. Also a little bit of Stockton's Wing. Oh, Paul and Kieran yeah. were in that, yeah. They were, yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah, we did that for maybe. Uh, I was there for about maybe four or five years and then I joined Riverdance, so I had to... I, I went off with Riverdance then, but we used to have great Kayleys, especially during um, the Willie Clancy Festival down in the Armada. And I tell you, you have to be fit for playing for dancers. Unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's completely different. Isn't it's it? very enjoyable with the speed. And as soon as you finish the f- a full set, you're thinking, Jesus, I made a great job of that. And it's like, what's next? And you're kind of going, hold it a second, <laughs> take your time. But it was just it's a great time. Yeah. And the band was so it was great fun. Great music. A full set is a good length of time playing isn't it oh yeah it could be like 20 minutes it depends on the set 
Do you know what I mean? And I tell you, you have to know and your they, P's and, and Q's. They, they don't want breaks. No, they don't. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing workout, both for the musician and for the dancer, to be honest with you. And was it Tom Cusson was actually telling me, who was telling me that uh, how they measured how good a Kayleigh band was, was how many times you had to change your T-shirt because you sweated so much when you were dancing. The dancers would. Yes. <laughs> you know, the, you know, what, you know what a set dancer's cocktail is? What? It's a, a pint of water with ice and lemon. Oh, right. <laughs> that's what the pubs would kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, so that's the Temple House, yeah. So where are you from originally? I'm from Ballinacale, which is southeast Galway, 10 miles from Lochray, going towards Clare. And there are four in the family, Ger, Ter, Yvonne and myself. And of course, we all played music. My mum is Bridie White and uh, my aunt was Eggie. So there was always music with us in, in, in the house. And I, my other aunt, Eva, then was the singer and um, the storyteller as well. Yeah, so. So huge musical heritage. There was a lot of music, I have yeah. to say, yeah, when we were growing up. And uh, my dad, then you see, no more than your dad, he was uh, he was the master, he was the teacher, do you know what I mean, in, in Bellany Kill. And uh, he was great for producing shows, even if it was the Christmas concert at the primary school. But then when we were... We moved into secondary school. He actually um, organised scurryocks and, you know, mummers' failures in Woodford and all of that. And we actually did a tour of England when we were about 14 years of age. And we went around to all the Irish centres. So we had music, song and dance. So that was our first, probably, uh, our first taste of touring. Wow. And so it who, was great. So who taught you the fiddle? Um... Mary Lines, Mary Donoghue, you know, the Donoghue Cayley Band of many, many years ago. <laughs> she was one of my teachers and also my aunt, Eggie. So I went to Mary, Mrs. Lyons. She was an amazing lady. I mean, at the time, she was able to teach me, say, the fiddle. She was able to teach somebody else the accordion beside me. And while she'd be listening to me, she was able to handwrite all the music of the next person. And it was so neat, all the manuscript. It was amazing what she was able to do. So she taught me and so did Eggie. And of course, Mam as well, Bridie. Yeah, so so I, I don't know Bridie White as a name, but I, I obviously, Aggie yeah. White is, a, yeah. is very, very well. Bridie, just talk a little bit about Aggie and Bridie. Yeah, so basically my grandfather was Tommy White and he was the one of the original founders of the Bell and Achille Cayley Band. And then he had... Four daughters and one unfortunately died when she was 12 and a half. Maureen was her name. And then he had three other daughters, Aggie, Bridie, Aggie, Eva and Bridie. So Aggie started, a priest came to Ballinakil, his name was Father Larkin, and he was mad into music. And he encouraged uh, Tommy, my grandfather, to maybe get Aggie to play the fiddle, that she might be okay. So anyway, 12, she was 12 when she started learning, which was pretty old, really, for somebody to start learning a new instrument. So she started learning when she was 12 years of age. So then, of course, Mam did. And, you know, that's that's where it all started. Yeah. So uh, we had a pub at home. It was, well, we have Fahey's pub. It was White's pub at the time, my grandfather's pub. And all the musicians used to cycle, Hathor O'Loughlin and the whole lot they used to come from Clare over to White's pub. And there used to be an awful lot of music sessions there so that's probably where all the music started yeah. wow and mm-hmm. so do you remember lots as a, as a as a small kid like absolutely i do indeed i i remember a lot of uh the sessions i remembered now in our pub were when i was in my teens especially and uh dad was a part-time farmer and he would be uh, baling the hay and the next thing is somebody blow the horn the car horn going along the road and it might be michael rafferty um Mike Rafferty from who lives in New York and he's from Ballinakill and his daughter is Mary and we'd have Johnny Madden and the dad is Joe and he's from Pertumna which is only nine miles from us in Ballinakill. So it would always be around the um, early August and they'd be over for the flag holes in um, 
wherever they were going to be. The All-Ireland flag holes. So they'd end up coming to Ballinacale, coming to Portumna, and the sessions we used to have in our pub for about two weeks before the flag was... They were mighty altogether. They were great. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was good fun. Sounds like a happy childhood. It was a great childhood. It really was, yeah. Lots of music and, uh, yeah, great. So yeah. sun always shining. Well, I won't say that. <laughs> Not really, unless you had to practice. It was like, um, you know, you'd be playing the tunes and then Aggie would come in to listen to the tunes before I played them in a flair. And, you know, it would put a bit of pressure on you now, to be quite honest with you. You know, yeah. Okay. Did you know as a kid the, the regard that she was held in then? I kind of did, to be honest with you, yeah, because um, we used to play in a session when I was younger or whatever, in Chocnafela, in Whitegate and uh, in Gort and in um, the West Park Hotel. And she used to play and herself and my mam used to play together and they were so in unison actually um there was a cd brought out recently of eggie's music and um by her grandson michael harrison and uh, all the music was collected on that and there's uh, one or two tunes for mam and herself play together and it's so close it's it's gorgeous actually it's really really nice yeah fiddle as well two fiddles yeah Yeah. two fiddles very closely played together yeah Yeah, they're a a very similar style and they played a bit with the tulla band as well they used to yeah, Eggie was in the Tuller Band and Mam used to go up as well and play, yeah. Brilliant. So there was a lot of music going on. So an awful lot of Cayley bands. Now, yes. I, I'm famously <laughs> completely averse to Cayley bands, but yeah. I just only because I'm that kind of daft, rebellious banjo player that, you know, just... You don't want to conform. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I can almost hear Gillian, my wife, she's, she's not even in the house, but she yeah. just raised her eyes. <laughs> so, somewhere to go, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, so I couldn't cope with playing... The, yeah. the, the tune the same as everybody yeah. else yes yeah I know what so, you're saying yeah, but yeah, yeah. T- talk to me a little bit convince me <laughs> oh I tell you well I suppose about me playing the Kelly band is it Kelly bands in general Kelly bands well, honest to God I have to say the lift that they give to the music you have to say if that doesn't get to you of course it does. It has to. You know, if there's a lift and if it's so well played. And uh, I think if you, you know, the key changes and the tempo that you play and if and the mix of instruments. I don't know. It's a great buzz. We had a great time at the Temple House Cayley Band, I have to say. It was fantastic. Actually, it was very funny in ways. We had a, a great drummer called Mick the Drummer Gainer. And he used to bring his, uh, it's only a little bit of a funny story now. He used to bring his camper van with them down to the Armada. And while we'd be maybe doing the first set or while we were tuning up, he'd go out and maybe he'd put down the kettle for the tea and then maybe if it was a winter's night he'd say right I better go out now and I'm going to put going to boil the kettle for the hot water bottle when I'm going to bed when the when the gig is over but uh, he was the drummer in the band and he was just a great character but um I know I just love playing the bands I have to say and yeah. w- at what age were you when you started kind of touring with the Cayley bands because there's a whole lifestyle associated with touring and crack and late nights and pubs and all, yeah. all of it well, I suppose when we were very young, Mrs. Lyons put a band together like the Bellany Kill Junior Cayley Band under 11 and we won the All-Ireland at the time, which was a big deal for us, I suppose. And uh, so I was playing in Cayley Bands because of competition, really, I suppose, in the beginning. And then um, oh, in the late 80s, <laughs> um, Kieran Hanrahan and... Um, Ted decided, you know what, let's give this a go. So then we decided, we'd, let's get this Temple House band together. And we had the, the, the boards and the whole lot. It looked like kind of the old-timey kind of setup, up. And it, it, was, it was great. Yeah. And we toured. We toured England. We toured, I think we went to Russia at one stage as well. We did a few different places like that, yeah. Moscow, that, I think, yeah, yeah. That must have been mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, as a teenager, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no, this is when I was a bit older. Yeah, well, in my 20s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was good, though. Yeah. But even, but like Moscow in the yeah. in the 80s and the 90s, like, that was a huge, yeah, it was, it was a huge affair to go Yeah, there, right? it was great to head off, yeah, and travel. And I suppose from playing with uh, music 
at home in my teens and our dad bringing us off to England on that tour. That started it. But then we joined a group called Kyotori Mailaka and um, it was run by Tomás Mannion uh, in Mailaka. He's a great footballer, actually. He was a great Galway footballer and uh, a great musician. And um, he put music, song and dance together. And like he organised a worldwide tour with a fax machine. When you think about it, we um, we did um, Singapore, Australia, Hawaii and the States like over a four week period in the month of, I think it was March, on three different occasions. And it was absolutely brilliant. This was when I was in college and that was, it was brilliant. It was great. And so many musicians play Right, and they love it, and they play sessions, and they play in Cayley bands, yeah. and they go to flas, but mm-hmm. they don't try to make a living from it, or try to even, you know, the the idea of touring something to most yeah. musicians, I think, is a very alien concept. Yeah. So, like, who, who or what was the driver behind this kind of, you know, push to to bring it to an audience? Well, this was probably, I mean, to be honest with you, it wasn't a, it wasn't a professional outfit, really. Do you know what I mean? We were we. We went and we enjoyed ourselves. We got to see a lot of the world at the time. And uh, it was, I suppose, it was a great taster for us. And I, I was teaching and then I decided, oh, I want to take a break. So took a career break and we did join. We formed real time and then we decided to go professional with the music and toured a lot in the States then and all of that. That was yeah. after Riverdance though, right? Uh, no, no, that was, that before, was before Riverdance. Before Riverdance, yeah, yeah. So real time, what, 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 when about that? Okay, that real time was, um, real time was the early 90s. And who was in real I'm time? I'm 190. I'm a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you love sometimes. <laughs> so who was in real time? Okay, so Ayla Sheegan, box player yep. from um, Clahan County Offaly. Benny Hayes, who's um, from Pertumna. And uh, Chris, my husband, yeah. on the guitar. Yeah. And Jimmy Higgins actually used to tour with us quite a bit as That's well. Right, and yeah. Yvonne, my sister, used to come in every so often as well. She plays percussion as well so it was great yeah, yeah. yeah how many yeah. albums did you do we did two albums yeah so we had Ailish actually on the first album and then it just happened that Riverdance actually happened so then we had Luke Daniels on the accordion of one, for one of the albums and we also had Alan Kelly who toured it so it was great it was, yeah. we, it was, we had yeah. a great time I suppose what happened was um, we had our first album recorded we had it toured then Riverdance happened and I ended up uh, uh, playing in the European Riverdance gig and Ailish actually was in the American Riverdance gig so then real time was kind of split I, I suppose naturally it, it happened there was a natural split but in fairness to the Riverdance company they actually um, anytime we wanted to tour I was allowed to go and there was no problem with that so Luke Daniels joined and Alan Kelly joined on tours as well so it worked out fine it was great so all fabulous musicians yeah, yeah brilliant yeah. actually we were lucky to have all of those musicians yeah, playing yeah. with us yeah, yeah so what was Riverdance like Riverdance was absolutely amazing. Uh, I remember being walking in the woods in Montpellier when I got the call. I just remember it was, are you interested in joining Riverdance? Because I remember the, we all remember certain times in your life. So we all know where we were, I think, when the Interval Act happened in Riverdance. You know what I mean? It was so amazing. And I remember I was in Salt Hill at the same time. I kind of, the hair was just standing in your head. And you're kind of this is unbelievable. And I was walking the wood in Montpellier and I just got a phone call and said, because we were living there at the time, and uh, just say, would I be interested in joining Riverdance? So I was over the moon and uh, I had a few days to 
learn the music and uh, I'm not a very quick sight reader now to be quite honest with you but there was a, a fantastic lady that plays the fiddle her her name was uh, Patricia Kelly Patricia Gleason her marriage name was Patricia Kelly and um, she's a beautiful fiddle player classical and trad and she helped me actually read through the music as fast as I could so I, I learned it in about four days because I was so determined I really enjoyed you know the music so I went over to Hammersmith and I was there for nine months because the great thing was at the time of Riverdance you were in a place for a long stint do you know what I mean so um, because basically the first company was called the Liffey Company okay so the Liffey Company were in Hammersmith and then Eileen Ivers was the lead fiddle player and then they moved to America to Broadway they went to their Radio City or whatever so then they decided to start up the second Riverdance group and the second one were Europe, Asia, Australia and that was our one so we started in uh, London in Hammersmith and we were there for nine months and then we toured Europe then we went to um, Australia, New Zealand it was amazing it was yeah it was a fantastic time was it was it tough in any way? I suppose the traveling can be tough, but I really, really enjoyed it because you were going to so many different cities. Oh, we got to Japan as well. Yeah, we went to so many different cities. I bought the Lonely Planet Guide for probably the first year and a half and I went to see every old town of every city I was in. But then after that, you kind of go, I can't be doing this all the time. Enough <laughs> <laughs> sightseeing. But it was great. But I mean, the, the advantage was we were so so many weeks in each place. You know, we were at least two weeks in every city in Germany. We toured Germany for about a year. You know, now you did have your summers off a few weeks and you had your Christmas off. And uh, like we went to Japan and we did four of the major cities and you were two weeks in every one of them. So you got to see each place really wow. well. And when we were in New Zealand, we had apartments. So we were there for three months. So you were able to set up home, get rid of all the hotel paraphernalia, get out the candles and get out the nice bits and pieces and, and you know, make home of it. So it was it was great. This is dream touring. It was dream touring now, in yeah, fairness. It yeah. actually was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. it must have been amazing being... That initial rush of of uh, river dance as well, yeah, because, because it was so huge. It was so huge, and it was our. It, we were say we were the first. I suppose that the audiences saw river dance for the first time when we did go to Germany and Japan and Australia and New Zealand. You know, did it? Yeah, yeah. So it was a. It was an amazing time. Mm. Oh, were you married at that time? I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was married at that time. The Chris yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> was. Yeah, he did. He came as well. Yeah, and actually. Um, Dara was born probably mid-river dance as well, so... <laughs> that was when you got done with all the sightseeing. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> and, but, but the great thing was, the show actually, I took six months off and the show started back in Belfast and then I was in England and Scotland for about six months. So we had the car and we had the whole thing. And in fairness, um, you know, we had everything, the whole set up. And in fairness, river dance were very fair, to, you know, with accommodation and stuff. So then... Dara was with us on the road for about another two years after that. So it was lovely. And you were never stuck for a babysitter. And Irish dancers make the best babysitters. Yeah. Without a doubt. Wow. So, you know, so it was, it was a great time. That was a wonderful experience because there's, that's a lot of very close family time as well at his young age. Because you're only working in the Absolute, evening, right? Only working in the evening time. Yeah. Absolutely. You're there absolutely all day and you're only gone then from six or whatever for rehearsals. You, you wouldn't have got whatever. that teaching or, you know, in, no. in, in the regular absolutely. job. Yeah, no, for, no. For that sustained yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So it actually worked out really, really well. Yeah, That's did, yeah, yeah. So when did that come to an end then? Was uh, that two, your decision? or Yes. Yeah, yeah 2003. 2003 because, um, well, Dara was getting older, I suppose. And we had to, you know, we decided then to set up home so it actually all worked out well and um, um, of course we 
we, we didn't stay quiet for too long because we, we decided then to set up Treading the Prom in Galway because we just like being at home. Well, no, I suppose in, during all that time I was working with the Chieftains as, as well. You know, yeah. <laughs> just, just toss that in there. I know. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, as I say, Riverdance were very fair because, you know, there were a few tours of real time that we did for a while in the early Riverdance days. And then I was asked to, to do some tours with the Chieftains and that was such a brilliant opportunity. And the great thing was then there were some amazing fiddle players that, you know, that played, you know, and I, I went off or whatever, do you know what I mean? So it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah. Do you think real time would have gone full time, big time? Um, it's a big if. But would you have liked that? Oh, well, sure. I, I enjoyed touring whatever way it went. Yeah. You know, we were we were doing really, really well in the States. You know what I mean? We actually were and we were having a great time and we were, I suppose, building up the fan base as well. And you know, it's got some great reviews from the albums that we that we recorded. Yeah, I suppose if, you know. Who knows? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> are you going to yeah. put the band back together? What? Did you ever think about putting it back together? We did, you know, because we probably are, we're probably celebrating some anniversaries now at this stage, <laughs> in fairness. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a good time, you know. And the other project then was Furry Village, right? That's right. Which My, I thought was an amazing name. Yeah, isn't it a mad name? It's the greatest name. Yeah, Ger and Terry put that together. My two yeah. mad brothers, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ger, Ger and Terry formed that in the late 90s, I think it was, yeah. And uh, playing in the Keys. The Keys seemed to be the home of Furry Village, really, you know what I mean? So it was it was great, like rock tread or whatever you want to call it. And we had a song in the top 10, the She Moves to the Fair, that went really well for us at the time. And... Um, then Jer was asked to join Lord of the Dance. So when I went to Riverdance, he went to Lord of the Dance. So Furry Village then kind of was kind of calmed for a little while. But we have actually resurrected it in the last um, two months. So we're back. We yeah. did a few gigs there lately in, in the Keys. So with the depth of kind of musical tradition that you came from mm. with Aggie White and, and mm. your mom, was there any pushback in any fashion to it's kind of commercialising the music with real time? But then even the furry village, which is like pretty far outside of strict tradition. Yeah. Are there any raised eyebrows anywhere <laughs> or everywhere? Well, <laughs> I suppose it depends where you go in fairness. Only if you're looking for them. Maybe. Yeah. Well, my mum and dad, actually, they always came to the gigs in the Keys and they loved them, even though yeah. like it was really noisy and the whole lot. But they actually really, really enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, I suppose we had done the flares and we had done all of that. And a jer- was the composer really in the family and Yvonne is composer now as well but um, I suppose we were always experimenting with other types of music and stuff I remember we won some competitions from Spotlight magazine for um, composing some song and I don't know Terry was playing the drums and we were always trying to do something a little bit different I suppose but um, uh, Ger he composed a musical Tara so that was another thing that he did so he, everyone was trying to experiment with different music other than just pure thread do you know what I mean yeah mm. yeah very entrepreneurial family. I suppose, maybe, yeah, yeah. Not a baby, like hugely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ger- yeah. I suppose, come back to Jerry. He, he composed that in the 80s, the late 80s. And um, eight, we were in the Thaivark No More Than Yourself with the summer shows. Uh, we were there first with, um, I suppose, with she, uh, Dickie Byrne had um, produced them and, and Patricia Ford. And then Jerry wrote his own musical, Tara. So we had that in the Thaivark for a few weeks. And then we com- performed with the concert orchestra in Leisureland and in um, in Dublin and then we went over to the Luxor Theatre in Rot- Rotterdam so that was it was a Celtic musical it was just before Riverdance and Lord of the Dance he did all of that you know so um, I suppose we always tried different things you know yeah mm. yeah Riverdance Lord of the Dance Chieftains 
It's huge. It's an incredible yeah, yeah. CV. It's, uh, as it was word. great about the chieftain. Yeah, that was all a great time. Yeah. Did Jer have a winch installed in the keys so yes. that he could go up and down playing the pipes? He did. He did. Well, or else it was already there. I can't remember because one of the tunes that I have on that CD that I recorded years ago, it's called The Flying Piper because he literally would get the harness and yeah he had a winch and he would fly is it a winch or winch winch uh, uh, oh no a winch is a different I don't know what that's <laughs> now I know he had winches I don't know but he had a winch and he used to fly over the audience or whatever and play over the audience all the time it was so funny it was great yeah 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 but that's what I mean about like crazy entrepreneurial spirit because who would think to do something like that yeah I suppose yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And not held back by... No, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, he always loved trying out stuff like that, definitely, yeah, yeah. Did, so did, was the, you know, the whole dancing thing in Riverdance? Yeah. Was that alien to you? Was that something you had no, to I mean, learn I, how to do? I mean, I, I danced from when I was three. I used to come into Moraid Flaherty in Galway in the Tlada and I I danced an awful lot when I was young. So I suppose I went to all the fishes. My mum used to bring me in from Ballinakill three times a week, you know, driving in to, to Galway and I danced until I was about maybe nine or ten well I always danced but I, I stopped fetches when I was about nine or ten years of age because really you couldn't just do all the flares and the fetches it just it was just hard to do both together do you know what I mean so uh, but I love dancing yeah yeah so and you and a natural performer so you had no problem skipping across the stage skipping and across the stage yeah the exactly. <laughs> did you have to learn all I mean not to learn how I mean, to do it but no like, I kind of the, I mean, it's, kind of, <laughs> it's okay <laughs> I didn't mind doing that for a shoe no bother at all no, I enjoy that actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah, and like you know, river dance. Like it is. Um, it's challenging. Cause, I mean, it's live. All the music is live, and you're like every. We always had fantastic sound checks, and every time we moved from venue to venue, you'd rehearse all your music, and yeah, it was it was very well. It was very well organized. Mm. Yeah. So now you're doing Trad on the Prom in Galway. Yeah, yeah, we're doing Trad on the Prom in Galway. We've, this is our, oh God, I think it's our 19th year or something like that, yeah, yeah. We started in Salt Hill Hotel and then we moved to the, the um, Galway Bay Hotel and now we're in Leisureland, so we're moving. So for those that have absolutely no idea what that is, just mm. fill me in. Well, I suppose it's a, it's a show of Irish music, song and dance. I suppose at one stage people thought it was just mainly for tourists, but it's it's just good old-fashioned Trad music and um, w- w- with s- singing and fabulous dancing and th- the dancers are like world class. One Claire Graney has won the world six times around. We have loads of different world champion dancers and we've our two boy our my our young fella Dara and uh, his friend Ronan O'Connell from Cardia. So they're dancing with us at the moment. So uh, and Kyle Keeney. The great thing about it is um, the Haitian School of Dancing in Galway have produced amazing dancers and they're not all free at certain times of the summer. So like at the moment, it's Dara and Ronan are there and we have another amazing dancer from Hedford, a world champion called Evan O'Brien. And then if one of them has to take off a night, we have Cahal Keeney, who is another world champion and he's actually lead of Lord of the Dance at the moment. I don't mean to be confusing you now or anything. <laughs> and he's in, in the next few weeks. So it's amazing that it just all evolves and there's, you know, there's... It's an embarrassment of riches. Oh, well, they're brilliant. It's a, I have yeah. to say, they're amazing dancers. And yeah. then we have Parik Rin on the concertina and we've had Francis Cunningham up, Benima, Cockle- we've loads of people and Colm Henry on keyboard who has worked with Westlife and Tommy Fleming, he, play, he plays with him. And then Yvonne and Jaron. Oh, yeah, it's good, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sound good. Yeah, and Mark Robert sings. We have different vocalists coming in different times. We have, um, you know, 
John Stiff's coming in, I think. So it's it, it varies. You might come in yourself some night and play. For sure. Brilliant. And yeah. you love it. Yeah, I do. Really, really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's great. Did you ever burn out from the whole, from, from the business of it, from the, the go, go, go of it? Well, I think I suppose there was a time in Riverdance that, uh, when we were touring in Germany and I, t- I had to take about two weeks off. I was just, ex- actually what happened was I went teaching music <laughs> and um, it was very, very intense, I remember. And I went straight back into Riverdance again for about a week or two. And then I decided I needed to take a week or two off just to take a bit of a break. And, uh, a week or two? It's <laughs> like a year, <laughs> a month. I just take a week off. Imagine. It took me holidays. <laughs> Yeah, that was it. I know it's very. You see, in fairness, your days were free all the time at Riverdance. You could actually yeah. just take it easy. Yeah. Sometimes the main thing of your day was, did you find the laundrette? <laughs> Honest to God, do you know what I mean? What did you do today? Well, I did. I did the washing and um, went for a lovely coffee shop. There, you know what I mean. That's that was yeah. it, really. Yeah. Yeah. But that's good too, you know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, touring can be wonderful if you do it right, isn't that it? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I suppose your fear, no more than my own, was just to get the precious instrument on the plane. And once you have that on the plane, you don't care. Well, that's a different deal in Europe than it is in America, because in America, it's it's they're, they're just bigger planes. So there's no problem. Yeah, Ryanair, yeah. of course, famously. You yes. You have to find lots of different workarounds, yeah? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I've always decided, anyway, if there's ever a problem, they can take the case and I'll just... Put the put it into a, a brown paper bag or something, and that's it. The fiddle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and on to the next generation. Your son Dara has a very famous dance group called Corja. They have, yeah. I mean, and that all happened over COVID, I suppose, in lockdown. And they a bunch of friends that would meet at um a world champion uh, world competitions or whatever. They used to meet at fetches all of the time. So unfortunately, their leaving cert was cancelled. Well, it was fortunately, you know, I mean, they just didn't get to do it. So then they decided one of the, uh, one of Dara's friends, Francis, his dad had unfortunately passed away from, from cancer and he decided to do a step a day. And this was in the month of May. So um, he was down in Furbo and Spiddle doing a step a day and putting it up on Facebook. So then he asked Dara and Ronan, the other two boys, would they just go and do an essential? We're not studying. We might as well. So off they went. And then it just happened that a few of them got together and... Uh, they brought in three more lads. Oh yeah, sorry. They did that tune, Banjo Beats. Mm-hmm. And they did it over in Barna Woods. And I remember Dara saying to me in the car, ma'am, there's something really strange happening on the internet or whatever. This thing is going really viral. So I think from, since the last few weeks, they've got about 90 million views on that, on TikTok or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's how it all blew up, you know. And then... Because everything was closed down, uh, Brian, one of the dancers, Brian Culligan from Clare, his uncle had a beautiful house um, down on the cliffs of Moher in Clahan. So they went down there for three months and they, if they had college in the morning, they'd do that in the morning and then they danced all evening. And they had, uh, there was a St. Patrick's Day um, celebration one of the years there and they had the Cliffs of Moher to themselves. There were no buses, there were no bus tours. So they actually got to do Good Morning America and Good Morning Britain on St. Patrick's Day and no buses. It was brilliant. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, where would you get that? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Any notion of making a show out of it? Hmm? Could they? I, yeah, they could be tempted, I yeah, tell yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, they're thinking about that now, to be quite honest with you, yeah. Because they would have a lot of experience within their immediate family to draw on, right? Yeah. <laughs> have really yeah yeah, they have. yeah and they have great ideas you know they're always coming up with ideas and dances and stuff yeah so they've done a lot of traveling yeah do you practice do i pra- do you practice i do now 
do you? Yeah. Because I'm at home. Yeah. yeah. I do now and again now too because yeah. kind of have to. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, sometimes if somebody said, like if somebody said to me now, you have to play for set dancers, I mean, to get the speed back into your fingers again, you know, you have to, you have to mm. practice and get up to speed. But the great thing is there are so many sessions now in Galway I enjoy going and yeah. playing the few tunes. And it's a great warm up for if you're doing a performance or whatever somewhere. It's brilliant. Yeah, there's nothing like playing live in a session. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also so that you can think of other tunes and what are we going to play next? And so that, it, you know, because to set, think of a set of tunes sometimes it can be, you know, you have to think twice sometimes. Yeah. That's the hardest thing when you've been playing a set of music, yeah. like with a band or mm-hmm. with Riverdance or with the show. Yeah. And then you go to a session and someone says, start up a set of tunes. And you're like, I know I know them all, but I yeah. can't think of any of them. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And you don't know what they've played already. So you just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm kind of working on at the moment, yeah. is trying to access that library of tunes in my yeah. head and sort them all out because uh, yeah. I play the first part of one and the second part of another. I know, yeah. And yeah. then the first part of a different one. Right, okay. <laughs> Still sounds good though, I don't And get very confused. <laughs> Do you struggle in any fashion? At, you seem like an incredibly confident person. Do you struggle in Gosh. any fashion with like, God, that was a terrible gig or I played really badly tonight or have I still got it or any of those kind of things? Well, I mean, it can happen, obviously. Do you know what I mean? Um, loads of Eskimo oil for the fingers, obviously, to try and keep them going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose it, it can happen that... As I say, one can get nervous every so often when you're doing, you know, but I mean, I suppose you surround yourself with wonderful musicians and I suppose if you put the work in, it's all right. You just have to keep going. Mm. Head down. And you're a radio personality now as well. No. Local radio. Local radio. Look at Galway Bay FM. We'll give them a shout out. Well, I'm so delighted that they have, you know, they've decided to put on Tread in the Bay on Galway Bay FM because really, to be honest with you, there's never, there's never enough music, enough trad music on any of the radio stations, especially, you know, and it's great yeah, now the Galway yeah. Bay FM have, have two trad programmes. So, as I said, there's loads of room for more <laughs> if anybody wants to do them. Oh, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. You know, um, I'm enjoying it. OK, my weaknesses, my technical side of things, I wouldn't be great. Absolutely not. But I'm enjoying um, finding music and chatting to people and getting the tunes together it's making me think more about music as well so I'm really I'm really enjoying doing, doing mm. the show yeah is I mean. it a lot of work oh preparing for yes in the beginning it took me about six hours to put a show together honest to god because I'd be listening to the different cities and I'd go oh, I have to do a jig now I have to reel there oh no there's too many fiddle players and this that was me actually putting on too many fiddle players I mean no no, no I have to put in banjo <laughs> box you know and you never think of things like that but yeah uh, but now I have I'm I'm getting better at that now. Yeah. And do you write out a script or do you, do, do you wing it as I'm winging it right now? I wrote out a script, to be quite honest with you, in the beginning. Yeah. And now I'm kind of winging it, which is great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I get a great kick out of it when it actually works. Any any regrets? Any, anything that you wish you did more of or you did too much of? Or was there any opportunities that you missed out on that you wish you had got to do? Um, I don't know. Um... No, I think I'm kind of happy enough with myself. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, I regret that I haven't got my blooming next album. I'm very slow at recording, to be quite honest with you. At the moment now, myself and Patsy Broderick are recording some music and I'm looking forward to getting that finished. And I have started my own album, but I mean, I've started it like two years ago. So I, I'm not quick enough at getting it all down and just settling on one project and doing it. So I, I need to get that done this year. 
So how many solo albums have you done? I've only the one. I've one. In Hawaii, well, I kind of have two, but uh, it's really um, one of them was brought out when we were in New Zealand. But uh, yeah, this one here, yeah. So wh- when was that? Oh, that was a good few years ago. <laughs> Time for another I'm one. Not, there's no judgment. I, I did one in no, the no. year 2000, which oh. is... Yeah, it was 2000, fri- I think. Frighteningly, uh, that's 23 years ago. Yeah, well, mine was wrong. <laughs> the same time, I think, 2000 as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's... But you have to have something good. to say. That's what I That's what I feel about yeah. doing a solo album. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. with having done 10 years with the band and having a lot to say yes. as part of a group, I, I don't have anything to say at the moment. And yeah. I'm waiting for that kind of You're waiting. rush to come yes, in. Yes, I know. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to do it just for the sake of cranking something out. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the time has to be right and, you know, yeah, you have to feel good about the way you're playing and all of that, yeah. Yeah, and, and now as well, because, of course, you know, recorded music has, there's a there's a valueless aspect to yeah. it, which is that if you go and spend 20 grand on an album, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're not getting it back. Definitely not. You know. And I mean, sometimes the live recording of a few people sitting together in the room is as good as spending 20 grand as you say on an album or just doing a really good gig and just recording it and putting it out there for people just to have, you mm. know, yeah, yeah, you know. Any musical dreams, plans for the future? Or are you just very content to do another 19 years of... <laughs> I know, stop that. The we'll round it up to 20. Uh, we'll we might round it to 20. We'll see then. I know, I just want to continue playing music. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I just love it. You know, I just keep going as long as we can. I think it's really good for the... It's in the bones. So what can you do? You just yeah. have to keep going. What does, do you ever think about like retirement in any fashion? Like, what would that look? I'm not trying to make it sound as a musician. or anything, but just in generally, like, in life. Well, I'm still teaching. Yeah. I'm job sharing at the moment. But yeah, I would be thinking about just spending more time playing music, <laughs> really. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, you see, Darren now has um, he's finished. Co- he's one more year to go and in college. And I would think probably we might just head off again and just keep playing tunes, you know, because that's when we really got off the road, really, yeah. was because Dara was going back to school, you know. And um, and I was with the Chieftains for the few, for, I don't know how many years it was. I, I did the tours with them and really enjoyed it. But then when Dara was, was seven or eight, I just decided I need to stay home. The, the mm. tours, uh, I remember we were doing a February tour, maybe three weeks long, and then there was a March tour, which was three, but there was a break in the middle. But then the tours were getting a little bit longer and I just felt it probably wasn't, it probably wouldn't be fair, do you know what I mean, to be away and are going to school, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but I'd like to get back on, do that again, I think. You'd like to go back travelling, yeah? Uh, well, um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> a little bit, maybe. Yeah. yeah. You'd have not? the freedom to do it, of course. Yeah, that's you? it, yeah. Even just for, for, for the pleasure of it. Yeah, just, absolutely. That's what I mean. Uh, you know, just for the pleasure, just to head off and play tunes when you want to. Have you been drawn to any other musical genres to play? Um, or to merge? Together. Merge. Well, I've had, I've liked the the blue, bluegrass music because we even play some of that now in the show. And I suppose when we were over in in the states. I used to love heading down to uh, was it North Carolina? You know, meeting all the musicians there for all the sessions. And then Jeff White, who was with the Chieftains, he introduced me to a lot of musicians in Nashville. And I remember going to the Bluebird Cafe and playing with the is it the Time Jumpers? Yeah. Yeah, that was great, Craig. Oh. Yeah. I'm Jeff that, that plays the piano accordion is a great friend of yeah, mine. Yeah, that, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I just love all that music, yeah. They're amazing. Yeah, they're brilliant. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're unbelievable. I thought I was in heaven when I was oh, over there. Yeah, so I sat in the in the, uh, the Station Inn. That's the one, the Station yeah. Inn. Did I say Bluebird? I mean, Bluebird, station. well, that's the famous. I've never been to the Bluebird. Man. The Station Inn is where I was. Sorry, it yeah. wasn't the Bluebird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. The, and on the Monday night. On the Monday night. Yeah, that's so it. So we, we played before them. 
Oh, brilliant. And, and then they, they were on stage. Yeah. We, I think we might have played maybe at halftime. This was with Paul Brock and, and oh, Manus McGuire. Mighty. So oh. a good few years ago. Yeah. And this guy came in and sat beside us and he was dressed like a cowboy with, yeah. the, with the big hat and the whole lot. And he bought some peanuts and he sat down beside me and he turned out, howdy. <laughs> you know, and I was like, you know, and so the Irish part of me was like, who's this fella? <laughs> dressed like a cowboy, right? And then uh, yeah, maybe it was Vince Gale or whatever was on the yeah. mic that night. And he goes, is Ranger Doug in the house? <gasps> And this guy was Ranger Dog, and oh he got God. up, and he's this famous yodeler. Oh wow! So he's singing, and I was like, "Oh my God!" It was just sitting there a minute ago. It's like multiple Grammys, and you know, that's amazing. As easy going as you can yeah. get. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, what a great town! Oh, amazing place, as I say. Yeah, mm. yeah. I remember Jeff bringing me to some amazing music, fiddle music shops. I'm sure I was in heaven then when I was there. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, tell me about your fiddle. My fiddle is um, 1870. It's a German fiddle, and. Uh, I was in Dublin a few years ago, oh, in the 80s, I'm sure it was, shopping or whatever. And I met a friend of mine and she said, will you play Kayleigh tonight? And I said, oh, I've no fiddle with me. So I went out to Kieran Crean and I know him very well. I said, Kieran, would you give me a fiddle for the night? I said, I need a fiddle. I'm going to play Kayleigh or whatever. So he gave me this gorgeous fiddle. He probably knew what he was doing <laughs> because I just had to buy it and I just loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm still playing that fiddle. I just loan right you this priceless fiddle. What? Knowing that you're going to buy it. And it was yeah. a lovely fiddle. And um, I, I have... Aggie's fiddle as well, so I play that at home as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wow. Now I have more than two fiddles. In fairness, I think no more than yourself. Loads of instruments. Yeah, dust, yeah. Dust collectors. Yeah, I actually. Yeah. <laughs> I <trust. laughs> yeah, I purchased one there last year as well. Another fiddle, but uh, I have a weakness for fiddles. It's like somebody having, you know, a weakness for banjos or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. banjo collection is a thing. Is it? Yeah. For people that don't play the banjo at all. Okay. They collect vast numbers of banjos. All right. Okay. Yeah. And epiphones at the moment. Okay. Are really really sought after. So okay. I, I have I have one Epiphone which I got when I was eleven. Okay. All right. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm still looking for the perfect banjo. Okay. Maybe it's out there. I don't know. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Maureen, it's been a delight <laughs> to chat with you. Well, I'm delighted. Thanks yeah. a million. You talk very fast. I will have to put captions for the Americans. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Not at all. I'm only joking. Did I? Oh God. Yeah. Okay. It's brilliant. It's been wonderful. wonderful Thanks a million. Talk. And I thank you so much for coming in. Thanks ever so much, Enda. Thank you. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.